Hey everybody, what's going on? Steve here. Just saying what's up before the episode. Uh, I hope everything is going great. Uh, Happy Thanksgiving. Uh, We are almost coming up on one year. We're about three weeks away from the uh, one year episode. I think it's amazing. Uh, What a journey it has been. Uh, I've been having a lot of fun. Uh, Before we get into the episode, uh, Bree Pruitt is on the show this week. She's a super funny comedian. Uh, she does stand-up. She's been published a lot of places. She mentions she mentions it on the show. Uh, so give her a shout-out if, uh, if you like the episode, you like what we give. Uh, as always, uh, coming out this week, oh, man, Kim, it came out yesterday. It came out, I mean, technically today because it's still Wednesday. Knives Out. Oh, my goodness. Ryan Johnson. Uh, the director of Star Wars Episode Eight, uh, the director of Looper, um, <clears throat> Knives Out. Oh, I this is gonna be the movie that I am going to see. Uh, I wish I could have seen it today, but it was a busy filled day. Uh, so yeah, Knives Out. I also have Queen and Slim. Uh, this is uh, an interesting type. Uh, a film. Uh, for what it is, it's been getting panned. It hasn't been getting too many good reviews. Uh, for the reviews that it's getting, but either way, Queen and Slim is coming out, and on the 26th, uh, Never Surrender, a Galaxy Quest documentary. So those are the films that are coming out uh, this week, by the time you hear it, they'll already be out, uh, or they're coming out. Top five in the box office this week, number one uh, is unfortunately frozen to it, uh, Hundred and thirty point three a million dollars. Uh, Ford versus Ferrari number two. Uh, a beautiful day in the neighborhood number three. Twenty one bridges at number four and Midway at number five. There is nothing coming out uh, next week that is either even worth mentioning because uh, it's nothing that I know of. Uh, but as mentioned, Miss uh, Bree Pruitt uh, is on the show. Faded comedy every Friday uh, in 2020. Coming on up right around the corner. Uh, they're going to be doing stuff in Los Angeles. If you're in Los Angeles and you haven't checked out Faded, why? I mean, probably now because they're on hiatus. Uh, but when 2020 comes around, definitely go ahead and give them a check. Get, check them out. Give them a, a visit. It's $10. It's great comedy. Uh, and you see some amazing stand-up comedians that you'd probably pay uh, a lot more to see normally. They get a lot of people that are on uh, TV. They get a lot of people that are on Comedy Central. I know Comedy Central and TV are the same thing, but I'm talking like uh, late night TV uh, talk shows uh, compared to Comedy Central specials, but all that good jazz. Uh, other than that, I hope everything is going great as always. Uh, PMA, positive mental attitude. Uh, I, I hope work is going well. I hope life is treating you well. Uh, Thanksgiving. Once again, happy Thanksgiving. I hope you're with family. I hope you're with people that you care about. Sometimes family can be shitheads and not love you for the person you are, the life you lead, or the choices you make. Uh, And to that, I say fuck them. Uh, Friends or family. Family is, is who you hold near and dear to your heart. Family is more than blood. I got a ton of people, people I've had on this show, that I'm not related to, but they're more family than some family that I have. And it's as simple as that. That's life. Um, But create, 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 create positivity, create positivity, create work, 
work on that piece of art, write that paper, write that book, write that screenplay, write what you want, write that poetry, get it out there, have fun, live life. I'm not going to keep rambling because um, I am really tired. Probably going to go to bed shortly after posting this. So with that being said, ladies and gentlemen, uh, follow us on Twitter, TLPYW on Twitter. Last podcast you want on Instagram. Uh, lots of good things coming up. Hopefully a big name for my one year. Uh, if not, mm, I have a fun one planned. I mean, it all depends on who I get and what I get and yada, yada, yada. Ladies and gentlemen, this is me. This is Steve saying I love you all. You're amazing. Uh, beams of light uh, in this universe. And take that for what it is and what it's worth. Uh, tip the veal, chat the staff. Enjoy the episode. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, and welcome to another episode of The Last Podcast You'd Want. Steve here, and today I've brought a great guest. Weekly, they happen to have in Los Angeles a comedy show. They're on hiatus right now, Uh, but I was lucky enough to get one of the, I'd say, uh, am I safe in saying founding members? No. No. Oh, Later edition. Later edition. Either way, a, a, a great, funny comedian, Miss Bree Pruitt. Thank you for having me, Steve. Thank you. I, I assumed uh, uh, founding merely because I started going uh, later in the time, and you are one of the featured faces on the banana yes. boat. Yes, that's true. Yeah, Faded Comedy uh, was established without me, but I think culturally I was there from the beginning in their hearts, you know, because those of are guys I've known for a long time. That's, but it's it's a great show. Uh, it's uh, every Friday night at the Mid City Art Center in Los Angeles. Uh, do you know when you guys are coming back from hiatus? Uh, I know twenty twenty. The goal is January tenth, uh, and we will be at a new venue in the new year. Oh, new venue! All right, and that is yet to be released, and it will be announced. So you gotta you gotta Keep. freaking follow us, you know. Yeah. Absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> I mean, I do. So no, now knowing that you guys are going to be in a new venue gets me a little bit excited. That's what I thought. I know it's not everybody was crazy. It's this city is so bonkers to drive to from wherever. It's like Alice in Wonderland. It's like you can't get there from here everywhere. Yeah, exactly. Uh, I, I've been I've been happy with the two locations that Faded has had. Uh, it's it's always a little bit of a drive for me uh, since I'm coming all the way from Marietta. But I I never Ooh. mind the drive. Uh, it's a great. Well, we love comedy. to have you, buddy. Oh, thank you. I love going. It's a great comedy show. Uh, anyone that listens that's in the L.A. area should definitely check it out. Uh, but going right into the questions, hey. uh, Bree, is there a movie that you have ever walked out of in the theater? In the theater. <clears throat> okay. Well, one thing, you know, Steve, I'm a sensitive uh, kitten. I'm just, I'm just a baby, you know. And when I was a young, impressionable person. I thought that I would see the film uh, Schindler's List in the theater. And I'll tell you what, a little bit too much for your girl, you know. Uh, and I did walk out. I, I yeah. must have been like 12 years old when I saw that movie in the theater, and it was too much. Too much, and that, yeah. that was the only one I could think of. Um, other oh. than that, you know what? One time I went to Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon in the theater, but I went into the wrong theater so I had I walked into the movie where it was 30 minutes in progress already and I was like this movie sucks it doesn't make any sense well that's because we didn't see 
the beginning of the movie. So, of course. so I walked out of that movie like this doesn't make any sense. These are, this movie's crazy, and I left. And uh, you know who knows? I don't think I've I don't think I've rewatched that one. So I, that and that was going to be my follow up. Have you revisited uh, uh, Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon? You have not. Have you revisited Schindler's List? Absolutely, yeah. Wonderful movie, masterpiece. Um, you know, great film, truly. But um, definitely not for twelve year olds. I mean, I I don't know. I think you know, twelve year olds got to learn about that shit sometime. You know, mm. and what you know, a movie is a good way to maybe just a safer space at home. Maybe um, Crouching Tiger. Uh, I don't think I have re-seen that film, but I remember when it was came out. It was up for all kinds of awards. Yes, it was. It was definitely. Uh, a very hyped up film. I remember there being a lot of talk of it. I never went to go see it. Uh, I think myself. it put me off. Sometimes, like award, when movies rack up awards, it puts me off because I don't like sure. things that are popular. Because I want to be cool. Absolutely, no, I, I I agree. There there are movies that can definitely be overhyped. That that yeah. by the time you watch it, uh, it's no good. I'll give you a prime example: Tropic Thunder. I yeah. I did not I, I did not like that film when it came out. Everyone was raving, talking about how hilarious it, yeah. it was. And I watched that film, and I watched that film very stoned, and I still was like, this movie's fucking stupid. It just, it, 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 it relied on character comedy and, um, and nothing else, really, right? Because there was, the narrative was not good. Yeah, there was no real, there was no real story to it. Yeah, it was essentially a bunch of actors that were put into what they thought was a war film, when in fact they were really put into a war oh, area. Yeah, like the, right. the the main thing I remember that I I remember laughing at um, is Steve Coogan because I love Steve Coogan. I think he's an oh, amazing yeah. actor, and he plays the casting guy. And right as the helicopter is taking off, he goes to take a step, and he steps on a landmine and blows up. And they just turn around and they're like. Wow, these special effects are really good. Oh yeah, that was good. Uh, Tom Cruise, right, in that yes. movie as a character. Yeah. Yeah, oh, yeah. He's with the big fat belly and the bald head. Um, but Love I to see it. Oh, but it's. I mean, there there are there are qualities about that film. For me, uh, the other film that came out at that time was Pineapple Express, and people were kind of on the wall. You either you were either Tropic Thunder, you were Pineapple Express. I mean, oh, I don't yeah. know about the whole world. That was just me and my friends, and I was like, I was. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Oh, I was just going to say, I was a Pineapple Express person. Mm, yeah. I got to tell you, neither of those movies really hit it for me. And I'm a, you know, I'm a pothead and Pineapple Express, I've rewatched it. Mm, not for me. It's not for me. I do have to say, I have have since rewatched it. When I, when I saw it in the theater, I was very stoned with all of my friends. <laughs> it is, it is actually the only time I have smoked weed in, in a public theater of a sold out crowd. Holy shit. Yeah, that's probably the only atmosphere where that is acceptable. Yes. Midnight midnight showing and me and my friends were sitting in the fourth from front row. <laughs> <laughs> um but upon further watching it, the film is actually quite depressing. It is Pineapple actually Express. Yes. I, I it is it is Seth Rogan uh is is a quite depressing character that he's having a relationship with a girl oh, that's yeah. in high school. That's uh, right. The, for me, the the funniest part of that whole film is the uh, is the opening with Bill Hader. I don't remember that. Oh no, huh? that's all right. <laughs> I'll, I'll pick it up. And I I would say just watch the you can just look it up on YouTube. And for me, that's that's the funniest part. It's just Bill Hader being stoned. You heard uh, so, it here first. 
So Schindler's List is the one movie that you really remember uh, besides Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon, Walking Out of in the theater. And uh, uh, one of those films is, is definitely a masterpiece. And the other one is definitely a film. Well, according to some people, it's a masterpiece. I'll tell you what, though. I'm, like, not a movie walker-outer. One, because I'm very cheap. Two, because I vet films heavily before I see them in the theater. I just, like, I don't go see shitty movies. And I don't like shitty movies. Like, people who, you know, are like, oh, man, it's going to be so bad. It's going to be so hilarious. Not my thing. Fucking go without me. I don't care. Um so, yeah, that's just my movie taste personality, I suppose you'd say. Of course, of course. And and uh, uh, with that, moving along, uh, what is a movie that you could watch every day? Wayne's World. Wayne's World 2. Um, I love a Saturday Night Live movie. Like, I love Conehead. I love, you know, Tommy Boy, not a Saturday Night Live character, but, but you know, de- certainly – Tommy Callahan could have 100% been a Saturday Night Live character. Yeah, and certainly, like, that movie wouldn't have existed without Saturday Night Live because David Spade and and, um, Chris Farley were just playing themselves, you know? So, like, I loved all those films, and uh, Wayne's World, I find, the most watchable of all of them. It is so lyrical. It's got um, jokes for days that are, like, nuanced and not – Mike Myers? Okay. I'm a major Mike Myers fan, he has like very, very timeless jokes actually because they're all about character, you know, like Austin Powers. Like that stuff is, it's gold, man. I love Mike Myers. I, I'm right there with you. I'm a big, I'm a big Mike Myers fan. Uh, I remember doing a double feature uh, when I was uh, like nine years old of Wayne's World and Ladybugs. Hell yes. My, uh, my uncle took me. Uh, to see both of them uh, heavily against my father's wishes. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, but such is the job of an uncle. Uh, no, I, I, I love Mike Myers. Uh, just last year, I went up to uh, San Francisco with my wife on a vacation and spent uh, a, a portion of the day just going to find locations where they filmed So I Married an Axe Murder. Love that. His his least popular film. I, oh, man. I'd I'd say I for me it's higher up because I saw it at a more impressionable age. Um, no, no, I love it. I'm saying that film was a flop. It was oh, his. It flopped. Okay. It, yeah, he made um, he made Wayne's World and then he made So I Married an Axe Murderer, thinking like, oh, this is my next hit, and it flopped. And then he made Austin Powers and So I Married an Axe Murderer. He made right after his father died. So it's bonkers um that i know this right now but um he was so depressed and he made this movie during his depression um and that's why his fictional father in the film is featured so heavily as like scottish father man yeah. it's great that you did that though isn't it amazing how much san francisco's in that movie oh it, it is and and one of the best parts was us just walking around an area and I'm just, and I'm on my phone and I'm like, I'm like, it's got to be here. It's got to be here. It was the restaurant. I think it's called Fog City. Oh, and, I was, wow. and, and I just stop and I look and it's literally just right across the street from us. Amazing. And, and, and like, it, that was the start of it. Like, I wasn't even looking for it. Like, we were just thinking of movies that were in the area. And I was just like, oh, so I married an axe murder, 100%. Mm-hmm. Like, my wife got really upset because we went to Alcatraz. And I just started quoting Phil Hartman. 
you, you know, like I just started doing little bits of, of the tour and she just, she'd be like, stop it. Like, knock it off. People don't want to hear that. <laughs> I just couldn't help it though. No, I love, uh, I love Mike Myers though. Um, I, I think uh, he, he's an amazing actor uh, and uh, I wish he would do more. Uh, the last film I remember him being in is uh, Inglorious Bastards, and that's almost 10 years ago. Wow, it was 10 years ago. Well, he's on a TV show. Did you know that? And he's playing a character. I did not. Yeah, he is currently host of, let me think of the name of the show. Can't think of it. It is a show. It's like a talent show. Um, it's reality. It's unscripted. Do you know um, if maybe CBS? Okay. Maybe it got canceled. But they had this host, and I was like, this host is weird looking. He's playing a character. It's very like oh, a variety show. I think I think I remember what you're talking about. And they had un- they were like, here's this crazy character, and it's like this British you know guy, and you're like, mm-hmm. who the fuck is this? And then, like, a season in, they announced that it was actually Mike Myers, one of his famous disguises. And um, and did that make the show better? No, I think it's canceled. But it was like a wacky talent type show. It was, it was the Gong Show. Oh, the Gong was, Show. Yes, yes, yes. It was when it was. they relaunched the Gong Show. I'm, I'm, I'm very fast on my phone. Oh, and you know what? He was actually in Bohemian Rhapsody. That's right. He was in Bohemian Rhapsody. Yeah. I have not. I have not seen Bohemian Rhapsody yet. I missed it's it in the bad. theater. I've heard. I've heard good. I've heard good things. Um, I've heard mixed reviews. I've. I've heard people that said uh, it's amazing. I've heard people say, "Oh, it was dreadful." Uh, I wish they had stuck with Sasha Baron Cohen. Oh, or, or uh, that they, that they had made the... something work with him. You know. I thought Rami was fine. Um, I would give the film as a whole a solid B minus um, and an enjoyable watch. Excellent. Uh, I, I I really want to see Rocket Man. Those were the two films that were out in the theater uh, that I did not get a chance to see. I mean, yeah. there were a bunch of movies that were in the theater that I don't get the chance to see. But uh, I'm really bummed I missed Bohemian Rhapsody and Rocket Man. I think the general um, consensus on both films were. Uh, pretty good. Could have been gayer, <laughs> you know. Uh, which is like, which is really which is really odd considering the the subjects. Of the, the subject film. matter. Hello. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it's true. I mean, you know, we think that Hollywood has passed all this stuff, but it's not, girl. It's still homophobic. But um, good try. <laughs> Best they can. Best they can. Yeah. Uh, what is a movie uh, that you can watch that just kind of takes you back to your childhood? So um, a lot of films came to mind when I heard this question. Wayne's World certainly among them. Saturday Night Live certainly among them. Um, I think a film that okay, I'm gonna. So my answer I'm gonna go with is my first PG-13 film that I saw in the theater, and that film or no, rated R. It's my first hard R in the theater, and it was The Bodyguard. Oh, yeah. all right, all right. I mean, and also I was pretty young to see that in the theater, um, but. My parents had HBO, and I wasn't supervised that much. So it wasn't that it was very shocking. Um, but I think just the cultural moment, it was just hella 90s. It was that whole um, Whitney moment where I don't know if, like, her style of music was really popular, if it was just popular in my house, but, like, women belting soulful anthems were just, like, a big part of my childhood, divas were a big part of my childhood in the 90s. Like, it was a very diva-heavy moment. Sure. Um, Mariah, you know. It, so um, I'm going to go with Bodyguard. The Bodyguard. Kevin Costner. 
Pete yeah. Costner. Pete Costner, uh, yeah, Whitney Houston. Now you went and saw that in the theater. Did you go with uh, with both parents? Did was this was like your mom was like, "Ooh, we're gonna go see Whitney." I think this was my mom. Yeah, I think this is. Yeah, definitely. I you know, in fact, I would put money on the on my father not ever having seen The Bodyguard. Um, so I'm gonna say this was a mom move. She was a huge. Yeah, she was the she was the um, sort of musical um, co- uh, curator in my home. So it was like a lot of Whitney. A lot of Mariah, a lot of Sade, a lot of Barbara Streisand. Like, um, yeah. those that's a kind of musical influence in my life. Um, so I think this was like a must go see for my mom. And you know, got you got to introduce your kids to arts. Of course, yeah, the fine and, and, arts. And and uh, and the Bodyguard is definitely. I think I think it's a time. It's a film that lasts the tests of time because. Oh, yeah. It's it's a film about love. It's a film about about breaking barriers, especially in the '90s, uh, with the way the world has it was progressing at the time. Whitney, Kevin, as as a couple in the film, with the whole premise, like it it was pushing bounds at the time, and and it was you know I didn't hit. even think about that. Like it, yeah, that interracial moment was a lot. Yeah, for um, the '90s with the bodyguard. I will always love you. Which version do you prefer, Whitney or Dolly? Well, Whitney, because and I think I just heard Dolly um, on a podcast talking about that. Or no, no, no I, ta- I saw she's on a freaking Netflix show with um, Reese Witherspoon interviewed her and talked about the song and how Dolly um, almost licensed it to Elvis Presley. And like, if that had happened, the Whitney version would have never happened. And that would have been terrible because I don't know. Elvis would have butchered it. Well, he would have been, it would have been fine. And it would have been, you know, Elvis moment. Um, But I just think, I just think the the Whitney version transcends. I mean, it's like absolutely glorious and so suited for her voice. Absolutely. And it's definitely, I would say one of the the top songs that will come to anyone's mind if you ask them to name a Whitney Houston song. Yeah, absolutely. Well, that's great. Um, who is uh, someone uh, uh, that you had a crush on as a child, like your first celebrity crush? Okay, this one is good because it this person doesn't even exist anymore. Like they are completely out of the pop culture milieu. But when I was young, hot, hot dish. Chris O'Donnell, okay? You okay. This guy? Yeah, White, absolutely. Blue Eyes, Batman and Robin, okay? Um, the reason, because I was a fat kid, and his first, one of his first, like, heartthrobby movies that reached me was Circle of Friends, Honey, which is an Irish-ass movie where oh, he yeah. hooks up with Minnie Driver, who was technically a fat person, but she really wasn't. She was probably, like, a size 12, you know, in this movie. Um but yeah, that's a, that was that was my guy. There you go. And I crazy can actually, love. Oh my god. I can tell you right now, he is still doing NCIS Los Angeles with LL Cool J. Fascinating. So is that pretty much his deal now, like TV crime? He's been doing it for the last ten years. God bless him. Good for him. <laughs> He's also. Uh, it looks like he was also because I just. I'm quick to pull up uh, IMDb while I'm on the phone. I love it. He was in, uh, ooh, 2010, Cats and Dogs, The Revenge of Kitty Galore. That is an animated film. It was. It was. He's also just had bits parts on Hawaii Five-0, Robot Chicken, and American Dad. Yeah, get to work, Chris. 
Other than that, he has been doing NCIS Los Angeles. Uh, I love uh, Chris O'Donnell. I remember him specifically for being Robin. Yeah. Uh, obviously. Um, remember when I, he did his laundry in that Batman and Robin movie? Or B- yeah. Batman Returns when he did his yeah. laundry yeah. and he like <laughs> made the floor all wet? Girl, that was hot. And then he mopped it all up. That I'd was to, hot. I, I I will say I will say as 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 a man that is in touch with that side I will say it was rather it was rather steamy. Yeah, it's a steamy. steamy moment. That was like just for girls and gays. That whole scene that they put. In. Of course. Why would I, they put that in? I remember watching him in Mad Love. I uh, oh Mad watched, Love. That's right. I purely watched that film though uh, because my childhood crush is Drew Barrymore, and I right. watch just about anything that woman is in. What a nut she is. Oh, I, I, I've i been a, a fan of her uh, <laughs> since at least 12 years old, if not What younger. a nut. But uh, I'd have to say for Chris O'Donnell, my favorite film that I've seen him in is probably The Three Musketeers. Like, he's been oh, in a lot. But okay. it, when I was, it was like nine or ten years old, uh, Three Musketeers came out in the theaters, and my parents took me and, like, ten of my friends to go see it in the theater. Fun. Yeah, I, I had a I had a blast, uh, and we did that, and then we had uh, you know cake at the pizza place right next door after. Fresh. Uh, <laughs> but no, Chris O'Donnell is is a good one. Uh, he was definitely a hot item uh, for for a solid like five to six years. Yeah, absolutely. Do you happen to have a favorite director, someone who uh, whose work you uh, you enjoy? <laughs> I do. I really wanted to be a director. Back in the day, I, when I was a little baby actress, I was like, nobody's ever going to let me be an actor because I'm too fat and I'm too real. Um, things are changing. But at the time, I was like, I'm going to be a director. So I, I got really into the, the auteurs, and um, I learned a lot about the studio era and all that jazz. Um, but the kind of directors that I gravitate to are kind of weird and queer usually. Um, so I love Todd Haynes would be like my number one. Um, he did, um, Far From Heaven. Um, what else? Velvet Goldmine, which is one of my OG favorites. Um, his next movie coming out, dang, I just, it's something historical. And I was like, how is, oh, he's making that movie about, oh, Dark Waters. That's what he's making. You know that movie? Uh, Dark Waters? Uh, it's, it's coming out with Mark Ruffalo. Um, he's like investigating DuPont so, Chemical. It's like okay. a boy, Aaron Brockovich, and it's true. True story. Gotcha. Yeah, yeah. and yeah. He, did, uh, he did I'm Not There. Yes. Uh, which, which was okay. That wasn't my favorite, but um, he, he, so he, yeah, he's gay. He, he's like, he made one of my favorite early ones he did is called Sphere with Julianne Moore. I'm a huge Julianne Moore fan. And, um, yeah, I mean, it's a lot of movies about, like, outsiders and just culture, people being outside of culture and trying to figure out their way in. I just like that kind of stuff. And it's soft, you know. Excellent. Yeah. Uh- that's and that's good and and he definitely has some some good films. I'm, I I love um, Velvet Goldmine. Uh, I remember watching that in um, my early twenties, right when I started doing uh, the Rocky Horror Picture Show. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and and yeah, just Ewan McGregor, Christian Bale. I'm a huge Tony Collette fan, so like, yes, <laughs> I went through a collection of her stuff. Um, a Collette collection. 
<laughs> yes, a Colette collection. Absolutely. Wow. Uh, have, have you seen uh, Hereditary yet? Yes, I have, Steve. And you know what? Um, I'm not a, a horror film gal. Um, I, I get too, it's too spooky. Hereditary really was haunting. Um, it was too much. The only reason I saw it was for a little Tony Collette action and it was too much. It was too scary. And I, I'm, I'm, I'm too scared. And I haven't seen, um, Midsommar Midsommar because I, I'm guessing it's too scary, but I've heard it's less scary. I really want to see Midsommar. I haven't seen it yet. We Um, got to get on it. (laughs) Uh, so, uh, Todd, uh, Todd Haynes. Todd Haynes, yeah. Um, That's yeah, great. Definitely something for, for people to go check out. Uh, do you have a, a favorite genre? I mean, I would say comedy, I guess. Um, I like rom-coms quite a bit, but I haven't really seen a good one in the last 10 years, TBH. Train Wreck, Train Wreck was probably the last rom-com that really um i enjoyed watching but yeah they've really fucked them up lately um as far as comedies go you know like i was such a big fan of you know the comedy two-handers um well tommy boy came up but like billy crystal and anyone um transplants and automobiles where it's like steve martin john candy or john candy and anyone um dan Aykroyd, just like the where it was like a two-person, a comedy was like a two-person job, you know, as opposed to like later when it was like, okay, it's 1994 and Jim Carrey is the only person we need in this movie. You know what I mean? Or like Will Smith is all we need to make this movie work. And it used to be more of an ensemble vibe, I think. Of course, of course. Uh, And and you, you, you had said Dan Aykroyd, you mentioned John Candy. Uh, great film that came to my mind was Great Outdoors. Love Great Outdoors. Yeah, that's a gr- that was always a, a family fave in my house. Yes, uh, that was always a film uh, that when I had family that would come from town, uh, nine times out of ten, Great Outdoors would usually get played. Um, wow. uh, and and I, I, I agree with you. In the '90s, you definitely just had those those single actors that were that were trying to to pull everything. Um, right. And you could, and and I could see them definitely back then trying to do a two-hander film with just one person and trying to put the the load in comedy on every on just one person. Totally, they were they were trying to make stars more, I think. Yeah, yeah, and it's it's they were they were going for more, uh, especially and I'm and I'm not there's nothing against him with Jim Carrey is he's a great actor, um, but you you just had a lot of the just same silly gags over and over in the films. Yeah, absolutely. And, and so, uh, yeah, you you had more story. You look at those good films back in the day, planes, trains, and automobiles. Loving story, more than just comedy. There's 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 love. There's family. There's a full story that goes with it, and that goes with with any movie you take back from the '80s. It wasn't just gags. It wasn't just comedy. They threw that in there, but there was also a purpose, a message. And and you know a, a mission that they were trying to to tell people. Completely. <clears throat> no, that's good though. Um, let's see here. Do you happen to uh, remember the first movie to give you nightmares? Yeah, it was it? OG it was very yeah. scary to me. Made, I saw it. Made for TV movie. The TV one. Yeah, I yeah. saw it. Um, for some reason, and uh, yeah, like I'm saying, it, you know, 
I, I was like not um, well supervised, so I just watched whatever when I was a kid. But I, you know, like sex stuff did not like make an impression on me, but scary stuff really traumatized me big time. And it was something where I think he came out of a drain at some point. And then dra- drains needed to be avoided for, like, the rest of my life um, after that. I can feel you on that one. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, uh, the shower. The, the kid is in the shower. It's the oh, Eddie. Yeah. It's Eddie Spaghetti. I, <laughs> I was bracketing my brain for the character. Yeah, Eddie, because he won't uh, take a shower with the boys because his mom won't let him. So the coach says, hey, you got to shower after fit right. Ed. So he makes him go shower. And then, yeah, Pennywise comes out of one of the storm drains. Very scary. No, but it, I remember I remember watching uh, that as a child. I remember it being um, a two-parter. So I remember watching it on TV with my dad and it ending, and I, I really was just like, what's the rest? When's the, when's the rest? What, what is this? What is this? And him just chuckling and being like, it's on tomorrow night. Like, you have to wait. And oh I, just, I remember just being just so just frustrated, like, what, I have to wait? I can't wait that long. Um, <laughs> I, I mean, obviously, I did, but... Yeah, no, I I love that. Uh, and you look at the the people that are in that, and some some people ended up making a name from themselves. Obviously, Tim Curry, uh, John Ritter, un, until his passing, had himself a a very nice career. Right. Yes, I can't, I forgot that they were in that one early. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jonathan Brandis, uh, he did a couple things uh, until uh, his unfortunate passing. Yeah, uh, very unfortunate. Yes, uh, but there there are other people I can't really remember them off the top. But there are other actors that have definitely had a career uh, from that. But uh, what was the uh, what was the last movie you saw in the theater? Dude, I forgot about this one. Um, oh, I saw Hustlers in the theater. It was fun. I have a girl movie club here in LA, and the next movie we're gonna go see is fucking. Charlie's Angels. Um, but yeah, Hustlers in the Theater was really fun. Love a J-Lo movie. Um, I thought it was good. It was more like of a fun thing to watch than being actually good. Does that make sense? Yes. Yeah. It was like Magic Mike also. It's like, oh, here are some people making a movie for me and delighting in that but recognizing, like, this is not high quality in general. Okay. I mean, I, yeah, I, I've seen, uh, you know, a handful of films. I'm not, I'm, I'll am i be honest. I haven't seen Magic Mike. I haven't seen Ma- Magic, Magic Mike XXL. It's not for you, Steve. It's not <laughs> for you, dude. Um, but I will say that the first Magic Mike is directed by Steven Soderbergh, and it's actually got a story and a look, and it's fucking good. Um, there's a lot of boy dong in there, and you know what? I have to deal with, you know, I'm a heterosexual woman. I see a lot of depictions of women that don't really do it for me. But you know what? I just sit there and I just watch the movie anyway. Yeah, and you can do the same thing. Uh, Donald is, Don, is Donald Glover's in the first Magic Mike? No, he's in the second one, and ah. it's so insane. It's so ridiculous. It's insane. And this is before he was really like hot. He was just like a skinny nerd. Um, with confidence, and he's still a stripper in this movie, and it's ridiculous. You've got to see it. It's really funny. And actually, um, uh, Jada Pinkett Smith has the best cameo in um, XXL, too. It's it's really, really good. Yeah, you got to. 
Oh, okay, well, I mean, I might, I might, I'm, a, I'm a big Glover fan, so I might check out the second one for that. Uh, and I'm, I'm a big Soderberg fan, you know, with Steven, Steven, he's put out a lot of good, a yeah. lot of good stuff. I mean, some, some hits and misses. Uh, it's but always I mean, a strong point of view, and it's like a strong look, though, you know, and you can always tell a Soderbergh movie, you know, it's like that oh, yeah. sepia tone and um, everything looks a little sweaty and dirty. I love it. Yeah. And that goes all the way back to sex lives and videotapes. Right, exactly. It was the yeah. whole, whole deal. Absolutely. That's great. Uh, we'll get uh, we'll get uh, two more here. Sure. And then I'll, I'll let you get going. Uh, did you did you happen to get uh, three films for Desert Island? If you're stuck on a desert island, you'll yeah. only take three mm-hmm. movies with you. Okay. Um, first one is going to be High Fidelity. Wow. High yes. Fidelity. High Fidelity. That's just like my go-to um, just relationship movie. I think it's like, you know, and also it's it, it's got a male point of view um, and like upon review in this like 2019 Me Too moment, it definitely is a film, you know, because it's uh, Nick Hornby. So it's like that guy could only write men. He was never able to write women. And um, so the women are a little one-dimensional, but um, I still enjoy the kind of the concept of like, here's my romantic life and here's me, you know, going through it. Um, yeah. So high fidelity, number one, uh, number two, I heart Huckabees. Whoa. Who saw that coming? Um, <laughs> Huckabees is the Jason Schwartzman, uh, vehicle with Mark yeah. Wahlberg, yeah. Lily Tomlin, Dustin yeah. Hoffman, right. Directed by David O. Russell. Also strong, uh, you know, I'm not going to say a strong director because he's had a lot of misses too, but he certainly has like also always a strong point of view, usually kind of an interesting sounding movies um, that guy comes out with. Like I heard Huckabee's has like an amazing um, soundtrack, which is, (laughs) this is stupid that I know this, but the soundtrack for I heard Huckabee's most of the sound was made on this gigantic um, pipe organ. And so it just sounds like extremely whimsical because it's all these like, you know, calliope um, organ sounds um, like a goddamn circus. But it's a film about capitalism and existentialism. And those are these are just if I was on a desert island, I feel like I would be thinking about love and relationship, capitalism and excess. (laughs) And um, and then the third thing would probably be death. So let me think of a death movie. Um, oh, perfect. Fucking perfect. I can't believe I summoned this film up. Defending Your Life. Oh, God. Meryl Streep, Albert Brooks. Meryl Streep and Albert Brooks. And when I talk about the two-hander, that's what I'm talking about, man. That was like... It's, I mean, it was the era of the two-hander, Albert Brooks, you know, you know, it was probably like 91, I think. Um, and, and for people who are young and don't know, the premise of the film is that Albert Brooks dies in a car accident. He goes to the afterlife and he has to defend the choices he made in life in order to get to the next place, AKA maybe heaven, but they don't name it. And Meryl Streep is also there defending her life, but she has a better life. She was a better person when she was alive. Um, and so, um, Albert Brooks, it's mostly Albert Brooks dealing with his own ego about like, am I a good person? Am I a good person? And what am I, what was life about? What was life trying to teach me? And, uh, that's what I think about every day. So that's a film that really works for me. It's also like Meryl Streep 
fucking in a comedy giving it her all. You know how Meryl Streep shows up for films that she doesn't give a shit about and probably paid her like two bucks? She hella brings it in that movie. She's so beautiful. She's so um, feminine and, and nuanced and you know, for for her to bring that to a really pretty, like a fairly silly movie about the afterlife, um, you know, God love her. So those are my those are my desert island picks. High fidelity, um, I heard Huckabees and I defending just, your life. Those those are great. Uh, high fidelity. Uh, Sean Jordan's favorite film. I Get out of here. I he he was just talking about it uh, on uh, on uh, all so fantasy sweet. everything. That's so uh, sweet. It was the the living a day of the fiction or fictional skaters, and he picked uh, the two skaters from High Fidelity, like hands down. Oh, from the Kinky film. Wizards. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> from the gate. Love yes. it. Yeah, that. Uh, I'm not gonna lie. So as soon as you said I Heart Huckabee's, like, I've never revisited it. But this is a film that I either walked out of it during the yeah. during the during the film, or I stopped it halfway at home. That's because, fair. Yeah, not very many people like it. <laughs> yeah, uh, and 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 it's got a great cast. Like you look at yeah. the cast, and the it's cast insane. is 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 insane. It's incredible. Do you um, think you saw it after you learned that Lily Tomlin had a meltdown on set, or before? I never knew that Lily Tomlin had a meltdown oh, on set. Girl, you gotta you gotta Google it. Um, so famously, um, uh, David O. Russell is a very difficult person to work with. And apparently Lily Tomlin could take no more. And um, someone leaked the footage of her um, getting so upset with him on set. But, um, yeah, apparently it was a really difficult movie to shoot. And it kind of shows the performances are really inconsistent, which I think I think points to bad directing. Um, you know, I think that directing is kind of a crazy job because you both are in charge of the entire look of the film, well, in charge of the entire film, but also you're basically just in charge of the actors. And that to me is like two different jobs, you know, because, you know, tricking an actor into doing a good job in your movie and the entire movie are really like different objectives. Um, so yeah, it's, it's, it's interesting. Um, but yeah, that film doesn't resonate with a lot of people. Yeah, there there are certain films uh, that I that I love that that are not, you know, that that were either bombs in the theaters or people uh, are like, how how do you like that, you know? Yeah. Uh, so I I completely understand that. And defending your life, I remember watching this um, when I when when it came out, uh, and and it's really weird because for me I can remember uh, key elements just of certain things of certain films. And defending your life, the first thing that always pops up. Albert Brooks dies listening to Barbara Streisand while driving in his car. Um, yes. <laughs> as random as that is, the one thing I remember is he was listening to Barbara Streisand. What a um, way to go. I, I, is there any other? I mean, really? Other than John Travolta in Broken Arrow? <laughs> he gets a missile straight to his stomach and then it explodes. But got it, got it, got it. That's 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 on my like top three ways of wanting to go. John Travolta <laughs> via, via Broken Arrow. One of the other ones is being on the roller coaster on the stratosphere in Vegas uh, and having it go off the track. Um, I would never do that, though, because I'm deathly afraid of heights uh, and, and would never ride that roller coaster. Steve, I don't want to tell you how to live, but it's not good to visualize the best ways to die. It's not healthy. <laughs> well, 
You've got to be committed to life here, buddy. Absolutely. Well, like yeah. I said, it's something I would never do because Good. I'm deathly afraid of heights, so I'd never got ride it. that roller coaster. <laughs> um, so do you happen to be a fan of uh, of Back to the Future? No. No? No, I don't give a shit about Back to the Future. No, that's great. That's great. Then this then this question is neither here nor there for you. Got it. Uh, in the film, uh, a character named Goldie Wilson, uh, he's the mayor. When Marty, go, when Marty goes back in time, Goldie Wilson is working as the, uh, the, the floor cleaning boy, the guy, whatever, at the, the restaurant. And Marty says, you're going to be mayor someday. Do you think Goldie Wilson became mayor from his own destiny? Or do you think he became mayor because Marty goes back in time and says you're going to be mayor someday? This is a great question, Steve, and I uh, believe uh, strongly, strongly, that it was because Marty went back and told him he was going to be mayor. I think it's all, our destinies are all suggested. It's all, um, it's all one thing. Also, I only believe there is one reality, and Marty always went back to that reality and always told dude to, that he was going to be mayor. So that's what I believe. And there you go. Uh, and, and, and with that, with one reality, uh, I, there's, there's this great little theory I recently read about that Marty actually dies multiple times in the film and that Doc goes back because he has a time machine oh. and saves him multiple times. What do you I, – I know you don't give a shit about Back to the no, Future. No, I don't give a this, shit. Um, I just the, love the Internet and I love that – you know, here's the thing. I am I'm, – okay – on paper, I am a nerd, but I'm actually not a nerd. I'm actually a cool person, and I don't care to <laughs> pick apart the physical, the physical details of like a false reality. You know what I mean? Like sure. I'm not like you know how people look for continuity errors in a film. Like, what are you even going to the movies for? Is my question. Like, you are. Why don't you enjoy the suspension of disbelief? Because that's what we're doing right now. Um, if the suspension of disbelief isn't working. That's another thing. Then maybe we criticize this movie. But um, yeah, I, I love I love an internet where the those killjoy ass people can find each other. Um, also, I do like. I, I think there are some movies that are per, made purposefully vague so that to encourage that kind of thing. Um, and I and I do appreciate that culture. Um, I love. Um, Oh, I don't know, like like Birdman, for for example. You know, it's like a film with it doesn't give you all the answers and and allows you to kind of you know create a create a dialogue about Absol what what could be happening. Absolutely, I love that film. It's wonderful. Yeah, my my wife hated that film. Fascinating. Uh, well, in reality, my wife said my wife can't sit really more past an hour 45 two with the max oh, yeah. in, in, in a it. film uh and i want to say that one was like two and a half yeah it was a long one and we saw that that one came out on christmas and we saw i want to say we saw that one on christmas oh no worst christmas ever <laughs> oh no worst christmas ever was was um uh django yeah <laughs> that's a rough one that no, okay i once again i really enjoyed that film no, no, I just mean it's a rough one to watch, like, on Christmas, like, <laughs> with your wife and stuff, maybe. Sure, sure, sure. My yeah. my wife, not so much. Sure, um, this is what I'm talking about. <laughs> Context. But but in reality, they were films that we did want to see, um, you know, and it's it's uh, it's very rare that, that, that it's, it's a split between the two of us to where I love it and she doesn't. It's usually we both love it 
We both hate it. Um, like the last two films, there are two films that I should have walked out of that I just sat right through. I hated them both. Uh, but uh, Steven Spielberg's BFG, uh-huh. I thought sure. the, film was, the film was boring. And everyone loved this other one, Green Room. Everybody does love Green Room, and I have not seen Green Room. I did and not I, like it. I may. I may, I, I may check it out. If you want to, go for it. I, I thought the film was boy. It was, uh, as, as Leonard Maltin would say, it, it is definitely a movie. It is, it, is, <laughs> it, it is something that someone made. Um, <laughs> Great. So uh, that's that's the nicest way uh, of yeah. No, I did not enjoy it. We we, we were the only ones in the theater. Wow. Uh, there there was one other person and they walked out about halfway through. Um, last question I will hit you with: uh, What is a movie that you would recommend to the listeners to watch? Something uh, that you feel might have gone under the radar, or something that you feel is usually underappreciated okay i don't know if the listeners are going to give a shit about this or 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 if they if it is available anywhere but my favorite all-time film that most people have not seen is eight and a half by federico fellini bitch that's an italian movie um i'm steve i go on i go on movie podcasts from time to time okay and i wouldn't tell everybody this movie but i think your listeners are hip enough to get it it's a very good movie um, it's a movie about a guy, you know, it's a very Italian movie. So it's a movie about a guy who's married and having an affair and is looking for a mistress. So, you know, <laughs> very feminist, um, very 2019, but it is, uh, no, it's a movie from the seventies. Um, it's one of Federico Fellini's like probably second or third most famous films. Um, so, um, what I like about it is it's about this main character <clears throat> who, yeah, he's all fucked up sexually, romantically. He's also a director. Um, so there is this, like, sort of um, Kaufman. What's the – not <laughs> – who's the right Jeff, – Jeffrey Kaufman. Because um, a director is making a film about a director. And the director um, is having all these romantic problems. And he thinks about all the women he's ever, like, been in love with or lusted after. And there's a scene where – Every woman he knows is in a room with him. So it's like his mother, his wife, his mistress, this like girl he jerked off to when he was a kid, you know, like it's, it's everything. And what I like about it is that the idea that you go through life and you are actually going through life with your past, present and future self with you all the time and all your experiences and all your weird memories and like traumas get, you know, dragged through this life um, and it's very surreal, and it ends with a bunch of um, clowns dancing on a beach, which, you know, what a better, you know, moment than 2019 to watch a fucking circus go off um, because this world is, feels so surreal. Um, it is black and white. There are subtitles. Deal with it. Grow up. Watch watch a, t- watch a tough movie make you use your goddamn brain. Yeah, absolutely. No, I, I love um, – I actually love watching foreign films. Uh <laughs> Uh, so that's called Eight and a Half. Eight and a Half, yep. Eight and a Half, perfect. Uh, well, Bree, as we come to an end here, uh, where can people find you? I am at Bree Pruitt across all the social media platforms. That's Bree with an I, Pruitt with an E-T-T, baby. And, um, I, yeah, I do a weekly show in L.A. called Faded. I do a monthly show in L.A. called High Priestess. 
And uh, if you follow me on social, you can find out about all the things that I'm doing on the road. But also, um, I am published in Playboy. I have a huge backlog of uh, a relationship column that I used to write for a newspaper in Portland, Oregon. So come fuck with me. I'm out there. Excellent. Excellent. And as we come to an end, uh, something I always talk about at the beginning of the podcast uh, is keeping a, a PMA, a positive mental attitude. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and I like to uh, end the show essentially with uh, the guest just giving some uplifting good uh, life advice. Oh, okay. Yes, I'm happy to do that. Um, what, it, listen, I've got a lot of life advice. I've got a lot of good vibes to share. I'm trying to think of the perfect good vibes for this audience. Um, you guys are, uh, uh, okay. You know what? Here's the good vibes. Don't look for continuity errors in movies. Okay. Just enjoy the break from reality. We need these breaks from reality and we deserve breaks from reality because it's too much, honey. We got to take care of ourselves. So go to a gosh darned comedy show, go to the cinema, uh, go see a play, go see a concert and, um, treat yourself to some mental rest by not looking for the cracks in the art that you are watching. (laughs) That's awesome. I love it. Uh, And with that, ladies and gentlemen, uh, we come to an end. Uh, When 2020 rolls back around, make sure you check out Faded uh, and the new location that they're going to be at. Uh, You find me on Twitter at TLPYW. You find me on Instagram at The Last Podcast You'd Want. Ladies and gentlemen, this has been The Last Podcast You'd Want. And until next week, tip the veal, try the staff. I'll see you then. (laughs) Ever wonder how your buddy got those exclusive wrestling superstar action figures? Finn Balor or even that Ric Flair autograph 8x10 photo that you can't find in stores? Chances are they came from Pro Wrestling Loot, Professional Wrestling's most unique and fan-friendly monthly subscription box. Pro Wrestling Loot customizes a 5-7 item mystery box for wrestling fans that includes exclusive t-shirts, action figures, collectibles, trading cards, pins, autographs, and more that you can't find anywhere else. Today, for all of our last podcast you'd want listeners, we have a deal for you. Just head over to ProWrestlingLoot.com and enter the promo code LASTPODCAST to check out to save 20% off your first box with Pro Wrestling Loot. With over 20,000 followers online and presence at some of the biggest conventions in the United States, including WrestleCon and StarCast, Pro Wrestling Loot just isn't a business. With ties to indie, mainstream, Lucha Libre, American, and European pro wrestling, Pro Wrestling Loot is always sending out the most unique items with you in mind over the last five years. Sign up today at ProWrestlingLoot.com for just $24.99 and start receiving your monthly Pro Wrestling Loot box. Plus, for a limited time, enter code LASTPODCAST and receive 20% off your first box. Pro Wrestling Loot, for the fan in all of us.